Hello, Sinky fans. Welcome back. We wanted you all to catch up to the fact that Kyle is watching movies way before all of you. So we recorded this episode back in December, and now you've had a little bit more time to see all the movies that he's talking about. Here was our top 10 movies in December. We're going to put out another episode later this week with our updated top 10. This is definitely not a 15 minutes or less episode. It was almost two hours so long that we actually took out a section where we talk about Eurovision because we get so passionate about Eurovision. Eurovision. If you want to listen to Eurovision, look for it on the feed in the next few days. There will be a 15 minutes or less episode. Let's get at it. Cue the music. We're back. We're back post Ultimate Bracket. It's been mm. posted. It's been posted. I listened we to sur- it. We survived. You know that was nine hours. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Nine hours of us. Nine hours of us talking about those movies. We did do a nice job as I was editing it, editing through it. We did a really nice job of if we had talked about a movie a ton, not uh, lingering on that movie the next time. By the way, Kyle's drinking a, a green juice right now, and every single drink, it's like he's being waterboarded. I know, it's He tough. hates it. No, but it's good for me. Yeah, so I'm that's, making that's it right. That's right. I, I'll have to. We'll have to talk about movies you like to counteract the green juice. So we got a ton to get to. We will. So let's start with my 25 alt- honorable mentions. As <laughs> always, here we go. Movie 35. Wait, no. what are we doing? They don't know what's what happening. Well, you know, you're right. They hopefully they read the title. Here's what we're doing: our top 10 movies of the year and the first year ever. It's okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Every drink, team. <laughs> I got really used to this other juice that is like less like tart. This has like a green apple flavor to it. That's, that's like, like really sour. Yeah, but Kyle, it's good. Kyle gave me a juice order. He had two places. I should have known that this place was no, the, but this place is closer. Yeah. I just didn't know what direction you're coming from. Well, yeah, this, but that this was the is, right choice. This is uh, this is brought to you by IC Brooklyn Cafe, the Zaggy juice that Kyle's drinking, um, and obviously his preferred drink, the Color Me Green. What is I it think called? it's called the Green Machine. The Green Machine, yes. yeah, from Color Me Green. Anyway, we, we're we're off topic already. We're doing. I our just top like 10 the movies. idea of like ingesting veggies in like one foul swoop. Yes, yes, I like that. I I mean, yeah, this is like good for you, right? It's good to drink this. Yes, okay. for sure, for sure. I think that if we want to get into like the, I I personally love it too because like I would much rather have kale with pineapple juice than right. have just kale straight up. I right. will say, like, if we're being yes, let's dietitians, like, I mean, but they do say that when you grind it up, it loses some of its nutrients. Okay. But also, like, it's not like you were going to eat that much kale alone. So if that only gets right. you, like, 50% of the kale nutrients, it's still 50% right. of the kale What nutrients. about when you do, like, something like make kale chips? That probably same, takes the nutrients yeah, out, too. Same thing. Like, if you fry something or, like, yeah. you know. But that's it's still, the only like, way I'm going to be eating kale. I'm sorry. No, that's fair. Like, I made broccoli last night. Like, I didn't just eat the broccoli head. Obviously, that right. would have been the best way to do but it. But I do love but broccoli. But I did steam the broccoli. Yeah. It's still broccoli, you know. I can I can f*** with broccoli, for we, sure. We can f*** with the less nutrient, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, okay. yes. we, this is the first time ever. Well, I mean, 2020 has been a lot of first time ever, you know, but... Uh, First time ever, we've never done like a summer top ten. Yeah, Usually, yeah, yeah. we do three iterations. I, I kind of wonder back. why that was. Surely, there was nothing strange about this. Either. Yeah, right, right, right. But I still, I expected us to do more. I do blame the fact that like Molly and I talked about it 
on the HGTV podcast, but I only had like so much mental capacity early on. Yeah. And there were sure. just certain movies that I was just like, I don't, I just don't, I'd much rather watch Parks and Rec and fall asleep to that and feel like good yeah. and wholesome. Everybody um, had to do what they needed to do this year. So it truly took until, it took until August before I had seen 10 movies from 2020. Wow. Which is crazy, yeah. right? I mean, I'd seen a lot of movies, but I'd watched like a lot of old movies. So we, we were watching, we, we started our 80s, 90s Ultimate Bracket, which was super fun to watch a lot of those yes, movies. Yes, I have two to rewatch on that. Yeah. Wait, the, the, what are, can you remember every movie from 2020 that you saw in a movie theater? Probably, right? In tw- 2020? How many did you think it was? Three, it's, four? It's two. You saw Bad Boys? No, I saw Bad oh, Boys okay. at home. I, I've seen two movies in a movie theater. You saw Tenet? I saw Tenet and, and uh, Birds of Prey. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I saw like, so like of this year, I saw some leftovers from last year, like Frozen 2. I, I saw or... a bunch of 2019 yeah, movies yeah, yeah. in January. Like I saw Uncut Gems at the beginning of right. January. But then I saw like The Invisible Man and Guns Akimbo. Don't take me back there. <laughs> and what else? Well, yeah. Invisible Man, you you ride I home. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you yeah. which you've recommended to me. What's crazy is it's kind of interesting. the The movie theater industry shut down at a time when like there wasn't much I wanted to see. So it was interesting, like when movie theaters like quasi kind of opened again in certain states in like July, August before Tenet opened. I kind of was like, oh, it's the same movies that were before. And a lot of those right. movies went to theater at home early, which I would have been like, normally if we were in July and a bunch of movies went to theater at right. home, I'd be like, amazing. But What's there was that, nothing. Though? Like, it was like Onward. Well, also, a it was lot Bloodshot. Of the... It was The Way Back. And mm. like, so I saw those the movies. Way back. Yeah, and yeah. I remember being like, well. And the big thing was, and this happens every year, but really it happens for me, is you go through that period, usually November through January, you're trying to catch up, trying to right, see all those movies. Year. And then January ends, or the Oscars happens, really, yeah. and you're just like, I go into movie fatigue, and for I sure. only see blockbusters for like four months. Yeah, usually. which there weren't really any this year. None. I mean, yeah. Tenet was... Tenet, and, and you're I, getting Wonder Woman. Right. And Bad Boys. And I think, was Bad Boys the highest grossing movie of the year? And uh, then like Sonic the Hedgehog. I think Birds of Prey did pretty well, too. And yeah, Tenet, yeah, 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 And yeah. Tenet is made a long... Because Tenet's been in theaters now for sure, months. Sure, 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 sure. So it did make a push. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially Birds of Prey. It's crazy though that the, my Uncut Gems theater experience was so incredible because it was so I felt like I was gonna throw up for two yeah, hours. It's awesome. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a freaking wild ride. Um, so, uh, but it, an interesting year. The beautiful thing though is that our, our top ten like has rounded into some nice shape. Um, and I and while I want to talk about it at some point, I, I really like. I have two weeks off coming up where I don't have a ton going on and I want to catch up and catch like five to ten movies. Yeah. So I would love at some point in this, and, and I'll know probably by the end of your top ten, I want to go through like the movies, if, if I'm making a list of maybe five or ten that like I have to see. Yeah. Because yeah, it's going to yeah. be crazy this year. It's not like it's like here are the six movies everybody says are incredible. Right. It's kind of like... Well, you what's have, weird you know, too is that like so... so all this stuff came out in 2020. The Oscars are pushed to April. April. So there are going to still be a few... Like, Sundance is going to happen before the Oscars, and movies that premiere at Sundance will be eligible for the Oscars. Weird. So it's going to be, like, a weird year where, like... Yes, all these movies came out in 2020, but then there will be, like, something like Judas and the Black Messiah, which is 
probably definitely going to be an Oscar player. Yes, and that's then, like, the Daniel Kaluuya Black Panther yeah, movie, yeah. which is interesting that that character is getting prepared, portrayed twice yes, in a calendar it, year. Yes, from Chicago 7. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So he, so that's coming out, and then you also have, like, there's some other stuff that's coming out next year that will also be, like, award stuff. So, like, when we do, like, our Sinky stuff, mm-hmm. there will be, like, extra movies. Yes. But then also, like, I have, because I have access via Patrick. Of course. USA Today's greatest writer, via Patrick, <laughs> of these screeners. I've also seen a lot of stuff that isn't, that is coming out, like, end of this year or early next year. Like, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and One Night in Miami, um, the Ma- Regina King movie. And, other and stuff. Ma Rainey is out now. Ma Rainey's on Netflix now? I think yeah, so. Yeah, it is. It's okay. listed as yeah, a... Yeah, dis- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just want to put this out there. My uh, disdain for the fact that Kyle has seen yes. everything, everything already, continues to grow. Uh, <laughs> well, I haven't seen News of the World. We're watching that Monday. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it, that's what the podcast has turned into. Me getting mad at how Kyle I has know. seen everything. But I have no excuse on some of these movies, like Boys State, different things like that, that I need to see and, and yeah. should have seen. But I'm going to, well, at some point, we're going to come back to... Uh, a couple things that I want to be like, yo, which are the must, which are the must sees? The Jimmy Catered list. Yes, absolutely. So a couple things that I just want to throw out there before we get right into our top ten. Um, I, you know, uh, what I would say this year is that, uh, because we didn't get summer blockbuster movies, my bad movies of the year aren't as bad as I would hope. So I hope that kind of starts oh, to you file wanted, in. We're doing bad movies too? Well, no, I just like, okay. usually I'm like, hey, I need to tell you that The Mummy is one of the worst movies of all sure, time. Sure, sure, sure. This year, it's mainly movies that I was extremely disappointed in that I just Got was it. like, oh, like, I really think Birds of Prey is atrocious. And that makes me very <laughs> sad. Well, I have because some that has, too. That has everything that I should love. I should have loved Birds of Prey. Oh, it's fine. I don't it's like it. It's truly the worst fine. acting performances. It has five of the worst acting performances that I've seen in the last two years. But maybe? you like Margot. I don't like Margot Robbie in those I movies. do. She like goes not even to 11. She goes to like 76 out of 10 in that one. So it's a lot. And when she's the main character, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but she did that in I... the other one. So. Yeah, but she was a little bit more like, it just was secondary enough with Will Smith that it was like, okay, I don't feel like I'm bashing my brains on the side of a brick wall. Sure. And that one, it's all the women around her, too, that I just were like, there's better actresses out there for these roles. I want to see them do it. I just hate, you know, I hate that, like, smug, like, like, we're in a movie movie. Like, yes. I'm just like, this. Well, like, if you hate that, you know what you'll love? Mulan. No, no. Oh, God. Mulan, because you know what Mulan says? I don't know what movie we're in. <laughs> Mulan is, is two hours of, like, we do not know what is going on. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what movie we're trying to make. Yeah. Well, That's near the bottom of my list. It's so. so bad. Well, Mulan, I could do a whole separate pod on. Yeah, but, but, but the thing, it's 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 like all those other Disney ones. They it's suck. Not all of them, though. No, they I suck. I do write home. I do write home for Jungle Book. I think Jungle Book Why? is good. I think Jungle Book is good. <laughs> I know you like the Cinderella one. I don't like the Cinderella one and like that I'm like, this is a good movie. I'm just like, that's at least somewhat watchable. It is It is crazy that they have such a bar of excellence on so many things. And then those live adaptations just seem like they're forced down the pipe. Like, we got to get these made. ASAP. They suck. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, I just hate it. What oh. did, what did I, my worst movies are like Doolittle. 
Oh, you you did yeah, see Doolittle. That's I crazy. did Little. <laughs> I do. I watched Doolittle. Guns Akimbo. I'm telling you, is this horrible? What is I Guns Akimbo? Guns Akimbo is the Daniel Radcliffe movie where he wakes up and he's got guns attached to his. He's oh, like living in a video yeah. game and he's got guns attached to his hands. Wow. Um, and I thought it was gonna be really fun, and it is. Not fun. Two minutes into it, I was like, I made the wrong decision. We're at the wrong movie. And then Hillbilly Elegy, which we'll be talking about a lot. I trust. I know. Sinkies, Sinkies are primed and ready. Whew. So there are two things that, if you're listening to this episode, you're going to have to go listen to different episodes because we're going to cut out for two conversations that I think might take a minute in the middle of this. Okay. So we're forcing you to listen to three episodes if you're listening to this podcast. Deal with it. Yeah, I mean, um, those are my uh, those were my like worst of the year. I yeah. I just want to say... I was more say, generous this year. Yeah. Um, a, a couple movies, of course. I just want to say that we watched this movie, Hashtag Alive. That's a Korean movie. Oh, it's fine. Or was it Japanese? Yeah. I, let's see. Let's make sure... Oh, I have it right. in here. So let's look it up. It is from South Korea. South Korea. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it should. I mean, so uh, we saw that movie, and I actually extreme. I really loved that movie. I thought oh, it was God. really well, well made. And there's another Korean movie, Train to Busan Peninsula, the sequel that I'm very oh, excited for. Is and, it out? It is out. Oh, okay. And I'm so excited to see it. And so, Hashtag Alive would have been my 11th movie, I'd say. Okay. So, uh, shout out to, and really would have been in my 10, uh, if not for a technicality that we'll discuss in a minute. Ooh. So, uh, really want to put that out there. I did like Onward a lot. I did like it a lot. I really didn't really like. Sweet. I didn't like the first hour, but the ending really hooked me in, and I liked where it went. And you know what I'm tired of though, and this is a problem that gets into. I think we can talk about Soul. Soul is not out yet, but yeah, I but think Kyle I can, saw it. I think I can give a take on Soul, which is that. But we'll check on this, and you can edit this out if I'm not allowed to be talking about. No, Soul. No, talk about Soul. But well, I don't know if there's like a thing on it. You there's know, no like oh, an like embargo. More, oh yeah, but I don't think there is. Aside I, from Taylor Swift's lawyers, yeah. no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little tired of this. I love Pixar, but I'm a little tired of these Pixar movies that I feel like are so focused on, like, just throwing in every adult idea they can possibly do into a movie and, like, working toward an ending that is supposed to, like, be make cathartic. you cry and be cathartic. And then the rest of the movie is just, like, not fun. And not, like, like I don't care about the characters. And I'm just, like... My big stick with Onward, I yeah. actually understand the catharsis because I also believe that Pixar takes very seriously this idea of what are we teaching, what are we instilling. Sure, even in but like ways. they didn't like like I just wish they would get back to things like Monsters Inc. and Toy Story, which are like more about the characters and like making me feel like a kid again, rather than like ramming these like these like these like adult ideas and being like yeah, confront your mortality and blah blah blah. I'm like. Do kids like this? I don't I, like this. I will say this. I can't speak much towards Soul. Soul mm. looks very good. Looks really interesting. It did look really I'm good. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, onward, my, my main issues actually lie. I don't mind the catharsis stuff, and I actually don't no, mind No, I don't either. I think the ending, the ending is like really sweet, but like the rest of the movie sucks, I think. And yeah, it's like... I don't think Onward sucked necessarily. Sure. I, I obviously would have put it close to my top ten. I didn't see a million movies this right. year, but it, it wasn't in the bad movie pile. And I think my main issue was that I didn't see the imagination in it that I usually see. And then specifically... It feels so like work. It didn't... To me. Like, how, does he, how do you mean? It just, feels like, it just feels like they're plotting it. They're like, this character needs this, so he's going to do this. And oh, it's all going to be it really is tidy and work together yes, and paint yes. by numbers. So, and then it's going to get to the end and there's going to be this emotional catharsis that, that does work. That ending is really sweet. 
Yeah. But, like, it just feels very, like, workmanlike and not fun. Like, I'm not enjoying myself while watching it, if that I makes thought, sense. Yeah, I thought that I was, like, way ahead of... I thought that I was way ahead of Onward in a lot of ways. And then we got to the last 30 minutes, and I was actually like, that actually wrapped up a lot different in some ways than I thought it was going to. Yeah, my main issue... Sweet. My main issue is that usually when I enter into the world of the Pixar movie, I'm consistently amazed by the things that they imagined up. I didn't find anything in Onward that I thought was original. I thought it could right. have been a DreamWorks movie. Well, Soul's but then better specifically, in that way. Yeah. yeah. And, but then specifically, my big thing is I didn't think it was funny. I usually think Pixar movies are super funny. So. That, this, that's what I'm talking about, though, is like this idea that it's like these characters, Buzz and Woody, going up against each other. It's like It's like... That movie is emotional in its own way because when Buzz Lightyear flies off at the end with Woody, it's I don't know the best scene in any movie ever. Like yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible. Like, but like, but it's not like so focused on. And I appreciate their ambition, but like, I'm just a, I'm just like, can we have some fun again? Agreed. Agreed. Like, and, and Monsters Inc. is so fun. Yeah. I think Wally is so fun. Agreed. Yeah. 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 I. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that the, the, the catharsis at the end of Onward did make it a movie that I was like, you know what? They still got it. Yeah, for uh, sure. So, but the Hashtag Alive movie, I enjoyed a lot. Onward, I enjoyed a lot. Greyhound, which is Tom Hanks's movie. Mm-hmm, um, which I have not his, seen. The first one that he wrote. I just want to say this about Tom Hanks as a writer. Yeah. Not a bad writer. Not a bad writer. Yes. Way too sh- playing the note. If the it's, it's him playing the note of I know about boats. And it's like, we know you know about boats. I don't need to spend an hour and 45 minutes of you telling me about sure. World War II boats. My dad l- literally thinks Greyhound is the best movie ever yeah, made. Yeah, I was like, that's like a great, really good dad movie. It looks yeah, like. but, and, and I got to watch it with my dad. That was special. But like, we can do more than, than like, tell us about boats, but tell us something else too. And, and right. I felt like that movie, while good, and, uh, and then um, I also did enjoy Old Guard, which Denver and Delilah, shout out Matt Maher, oh, old guard. my yeah, friend yeah. who works for the Denver and Delilah production company, they make good movies, keep making movies. Charlize Theron's production company makes good movies. That's all I'm going to say. My 10th movie. Are we ready? Wait, can I do five? Yeah, it, please. Honorable mentions. I usually, you usually, you know. Yes. I us- I have to squeeze them in before I get yelled at. I Well, I just don't like it when it's like, you know, a thousand. Minute 40 and we're like, all right, let's start. Yeah, wait, let me look up one thing. Um, also, shout out David Ayer's movie, The Tax Collector. Uh, I love you, David Ayer. Oh, God, the shyest stuff, though. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I figured it makes you me so sad. It makes yeah. me so sad. Yeah, I mean, I could have seen this coming, but yes. Anyway. I mean, if, if anybody didn't see it coming, you're an idiot. Right. I'm just sad that it's happening in real. I know. I, I was, know. I, man, he's, I love guy, he's my hero. But he's, uh,. He needs a little time out, I think. A little um, time out. I think he needs more than a little time out. <laughs> okay, so my my movies, my honorable mentions are this Brazilian movie called Baccarat, which is fucking awesome. And it's about yeah, I'll just I'll just plow through these. Then this documentary called Dick Johnson is Dead, which is so good, which Dick is about Johnson's this woman. Dead. It's on Netflix and it's about this woman, this female filmmaker whose father uh, has um oh my god. Dement. Let me just make sure. I'm so in. Dick Johnson is dead is a fantastic. Oh, it's title. a great. You'd like this movie a lot. Um, I still want to see Three Identical Strangers, right? Oh, sure, sure. That Wait, let me just make sure. That that might be. This might be the the documentary Christmas, Jimmy. He has. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Dick Johnson, her father has dementia and he's dying, but because she's a filmmaker, she decides to sort of um, capture 
his decline and his death by like she she gets an agreement with him to um basically stage cinematic versions of his death so he'll be walking down the street and then a then a air conditioner will fall on fall on his head and kill him and like he'll die in all these different ways to sort of like and it's this really funny but beautiful way of like processing his death with him and for her to like sort of continually say goodbye to him it's it's great and then sounds like the fun version of the father yeah, it's the, also the good version of The Father. <laughs> the Father's going to come out next year and it's going to get all this award shit and I'm here to tell you it's really f***ing boring. <laughs> it's um, about dementia as well. Yeah, and then The Invisible Man, which is really, really good. Yes. Um, just just like a more Blumhouse like them just, you know. It's just great. It's like, it's awesome. They just, they get it. Um, the Assistant, which is the Julia Garner movie. Did you yes, see this? I heard it's amazing. Yeah, it's I really good. I watched someone watch it on a plane, and yeah. I was like, I need to see this. The Assistant is great. Um, it's like about uh, an assistant in like a Harvey Weinstein-esque office, but you never see him. It's like all just like a day in the life of her. Yeah. Uh, it's great. And then this other movie that you would love, it's f***ing awesome, The this Vast is- of Night. Okay. This is a great movie. It's this guy, Andrew Patterson, his first movie. It's on Hulu. So The Vast of Night and Dick Johnson is Dead are going on the list. For sure. That's <laughs> the what Vast of Night is on um, Amazon Prime. And it is this, it's framed like a Twilight Zone episode. It is so f***ing cool. It's just like this awesome, it's like this director's first go and you're just like, he's going to make like the best movies ever. Who would you say that he reminds you of like their first movie? Like a he's Damien like Chazelle a... where you're like, something's going to go on down No, he's like very like, like a baby Spielberg. Like it feels oh, very it's grand. Like, yeah. It's okay. like grand, but on a very small scale. You so hit, those are you my... hit a ton of buzzwords. I, I hit yeah, a ton so of buzzwords for me. I don't know about you. Great, great, great. So those are my, those are my 10. What do you want? Do you want to get your, your number 10? My number 10 I'm is... calling an audible on my number 10. And... So my number 10 is a bit of a cheat. Uh, technically it came out last year, but it didn't release in the U.S. until this year, so I'm going with the platform. Okay, um, I think that counts as a release this year. I think so. It's not going to be up for anything. It ran a bunch of festivals. Uh, if you're on Netflix tonight, and if you haven't seen the platform, I think sometimes now with Netflix, you get this, like, thing where... You know, they have the top 10 in the U.S., which, by the way, I love the top 10. I love that I can go and see the top 10, and I love it when an old movie that I love, like, not old, but something that's, like, 10 years old, all of a sudden is number three in the U.S., and people are watching, you know, whatever it is. Um, I love that. And and when Netflix decides to put something up on the homepage for everyone, something ends up in the top 10. The platform, the beautiful thing was they put the platform up on the main page with English dubbing in the trailer. And it was like number one in the U S for two, for like a week. Uh, And, uh, I think they kind of tricked people into watching this foreign film. This very excellent, eerie, grotesque foreign film that normally everyone would be like, it's in Spanish. No, thank you. Right. Um, but everybody was watching it. If you, but then if you watch it during that week, you know, First of all, I don't think you would have enjoyed the film as much if you watched it with the English dubbing because the English dubbing was awful. Like, you needed to watch it with subtitles because these actors give tour de force performances. Uh There's, like... It, it's it's got like and like, what's it about? It's about basically a prison yeah. that has levels, platform levels to yeah. it. And basically, what happens is in the prison, in order to eat, 
there is a platform of food that comes down from the top. And yeah. it, it's all based on this idea. Basically, it's trickle-down economics put into a film. Right. And the idea is if, if they put enough food on the platform that if everybody took an equal share, there would be plenty of food. But the people on the top 10 levels take more than they need to right. and then there's not enough by the time you get to the bottom so when you get to the bottom levels people start eating each other they yes. start fighting over food it gets very very dark now each month this is this is the interesting part mm. every month you go to sleep at the end of the month and you get basically drugged and you wake up on a different level so one month you might be level seven pretty close to the top mm. and you're eating the finest foods and all this stuff and then another month you might end up at level 188 and the lower you go, the darker it gets. And they don't know how low it goes. There's all these different things. They're trying to help each other on different platforms. It's just a very interesting metaphor idea and, and kind of commentary on society while also being a movie that's extremely engaging. Mm. Um, and it's such a confined movie. You know, you only see five actors. Uh, right. So it's 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 very interesting. And um, the acting in it... Uh, I'm going to get the two leads' names yes, here. Yes, do it. Look it up. Um, but they both give absolutely incredible performances um and uh i just if you my point is that if you a lot of times if you see the movie um ivan masagu and zorian eglior uh both kill it amazing <laughs> and uh but my, my reason is that a lot of times if you miss the movie during that week-long time where it's at the top of netflix it just disappears forever so my hope for you is that you search out the platform you watch it with subtitles you'll barely even realize that it's subtitles because it's such a visual film and uh it's a really really incredible 90 minutes there's my pitch great love it um so i'm pulling an audible last minute and i'm saying my 10 is defy bloods yes spike lee's one of spike lee's movies this year let's go um, did you see it? I no. did not yet. It is yeah. on, it is the third one on the list. This for is one of watch. those this is one of those um movies that I'm like it came out so early this year that I fear that by the time of the Oscars next year it's going to be like forgotten about. But it's one of the best movies of the year. It also came out it came out right when June. the George Floyd stuff was happening. Yeah, yeah. So it was it feels very very um timely. Yeah, it just feels like it, you know, I just feel like what Spike does so well is is go from like genre to genre and be like, no, listen, this has been a white genre. But look, this is, you know, this is a, the story about about like these black people who were sent over to die for us in Vietnam yeah. while, while we were just not paying attention to them back home. And now that Chadwick has died, his role is like, I've watched it now twice. I've watched it since. And his role is just like very powerful in it because he plays the fallen leader of this, um, but this group to five bloods Mm -hmm. who the old, the idea is that these old, um, black Vietnam vets go back to Vietnam to, uh, find Chadwick's remains and to, um, find this gold that they found, which they're going to essentially use as reparations for treatment of black people. And, but it becomes this whole thing about like colonization and it's awesome. It's an awesome movie. And Delroy Lindo who should be winning. Well, Chadwick's going to win best actor for Ma Rainey, but uh, Delroy is amazing in it. Well, 
That's my... I think the interesting thing, too, is that I kind of get worried that sometimes when you get the posthumous performances thing, that it's just, like, everything gets covered up by whatever people decide is, like, my worry. I haven't seen Five Bloods yet, but yeah, it's yeah. clear that everyone's anointed this Ma Rainey's performance. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so it's... It, Which I is fine. He's really good at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it yet, yeah. but... Uh, you know, and the other one is that I think that there's this level where, like, once you've won an Oscar for something, people don't want to acknowledge whatever your next film is or, you know, like, as much. Right. You know, so my hope is that if Defy Bloods is that good, that it does get some nominations. And Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll I mean, see. it could Because I've heard a lot of people. Yeah, it'll like, probably happen. It's just, like, there's, it's just was so, especially with the Oscars in April, it was so long ago. And it's like, a Netflix they, movie, which is always working against. Right, because, but, but that's interesting this year, too, because it's, like. You yeah, know, like there's that's, these that's, movies don't have box office trails anymore. Good point. So I don't know. What's your number? My nine? number nine. My number nine is uh, Bad Boys for Life. Now, I which I watched. Yes. Yeah, Here's yeah. the thing. I I I wanted to clear. I told myself I was going to allow myself one slot in the top ten for like a pure action movie. Yeah, it's just allowed. an action movie. But then I had to go with two because the thing about Bad Boys for Life that's so interesting is I had had my mind made up beforehand for a lot of reasons. January release, hadn't heard a ton of buzz that this movie was trash and that they were trying to hide it. Yeah. So I was just like, I think Bad Boys 2, again, is in the sequel pantheon of like best sequels ever. I'm in the minority on that. But yeah. my worry was that this was like a money grab. This was something that didn't have a good script but just had willing parties. Right. And it felt very fresh it felt new and different because it's been so long since the second one they are now like such uh they're they're almost into like grandfather territory and it was one of those movies like i don't want to be a bad boy anymore yeah and and he's always been like i'm gonna retire and two he just kept trying to quit and things like that but something about that the new uh just how long had passed Mm -hmm. and specifically i watched this movie in the heart of lockdown and uh in a time when like i was really down about everything and for like two hours i was able to just have a wonderful time with these characters that i love and like are there a lot of questions like spoiler alert like one of the biggest characters in the series is shot by this guy and then we're supposed to just forgive him for murdering a huge character in the middle that's like a huge... Who it, dies again? Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, yeah. it's so... it's That part is like, what? Like, no, that would never happen. Like, yeah. regardless, like, the... You forgive a lot of things because it's just so... Uh, just so knows what it is and is like, I'm going to stay within this. We're going to have great action sequences and we are going to rely on the dynamic between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, which is next level. And Martin Lawrence does his best shit with Will Smith. It's just like a fact. Except for last year when he was in the beach bum and should have gotten an Oscar In the beach bum, which you... Yes, yes. yes. And that that all being said, I actually got excited about the idea of them doing more of them. Um, and that, that was cool to me. But What's why did they call Bad Boys for, why is the third one Bad Boys for Life? Come on, they should yeah, have waited yeah, yeah. one more. I feel like we're off the numbers in the title as prop, as preposition thing after, you know. Oh, I'm into it. I don't know. It's like we did Too Fast, Too Furious, and now we can sure. leave them all behind. That's the best one, so. Okay. 
Okay, what's that? Oh, my number nine yes. is Borat Subsequent Movie Film, which I'm sure is on your list as yeah, well. Yeah, it's very high. Do we want yeah. to do this now or do we want to do it later? Uh, we can do it later since it's higher on yours. Yeah, I'm okay. sure we'll have lots to say about it. I'm so glad Borat Subsequent Film made your top ten. Yeah, it makes of course. me very happy. There was no way that was There's a couple it. on my list that I really hope do make your list. I'm not sure. We do have overlap, though. We were worried we wouldn't have any overlap. No, no, no. But that was pre-Borat. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Great. We'll, we'll talk about that I'm sure everybody up. saw Borat. So this one, my number eight, I almost flipped with Bad Boys. But then yeah. the originality of this film specifically and that it is a standalone film or yeah. a standalone film without, you know, they were of course talking about a sequel, but whatever. Um, Extraction on Netflix. Chris Hemsworth. Uh, um, I have not seen this. Absolutely a visceral, jarring, born identity type of film not the, it doesn't have the intellect of the Born Identity. It is much more of a pure action film. But Kyle, the sequences in Extraction. Yes. Now the body count, the amount of people that are killed in that movie, like, is one of the highest body counts I can ever remember in a film that's not like a Marvel movie. Like the amount of people that you physically watch get shot or stabbed. What do you mean in a Marvel movie? They don't. They kill. Well, Avengers End. He. You got to think like in event they're killing all those like spider people like they oh, kill yeah, but hundreds spider of thousands. People, I mean, I don't care. Marvel <laughs> Avengers Endgame has been documented as the most people to ever die in a film. Technically, if you were to count, I don't remember the body count. Anyway, that's ridiculous. That's yeah, but they brought that's everybody that. back too, so yeah, that yeah, yeah. negates negates the, the killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, don't bring me back to fucking Avengers Endgame. You hold your tongue. We're doing well right now. You hold your tongue. I, know. I already know we're gonna have to survive one thing on this podcast. No, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, but my point is that extraction, um, from a movie maker standpoint of mm-hmm. what they do with the camera and um, uh, it, it's just it's incredible. And um, I also like the story. It's a simple setup. Uh, but really, really good. And Chris Hemsworth, who continually makes movies like Black Hat and movies where he is not good outside of the MCU, it's good to see him in a role that makes sense for him, making a good movie, produced by Anthony and Joe Russo. Well done. Extraction's really, really good. Excellent. It also made... um, It made them so much money. It made... um, Netflix so much money they, they've gotten so many watches on that so it's one yeah. of their like I think we'll continue to see big movies get made by them if movies like Extraction are successful on the planet. yeah I mean they have so many movies this year um yeah. my number are we on eight uh we are my number eight is Mank Mank have you watched Mank I have yeah is Mank on your list it's higher for me it's higher yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I love Mank do you want to talk wait to talk about Mank we can wait. We can yeah. wait to talk about Mank. We're I'm surprised to... it's that low, to be honest. I mean, I, I have a really solid top ten. I, do, I mean, you have seen everything. Yeah. I, I saw like 80 movies this I time. am very excited to talk about Mank. Yeah, I'm, I'm I love Mank. I'm glad um, Yeah. Something we can more. talk about it later. Uh, my number eight. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't get to talk seven. about any of these movies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, uh, you're well, number the, seven. You're number seven. I doubt we'll have... We have two overlap already. Good I think us. that might be it. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Well, then but, I clearly know that the movie I'm thinking of is not on your list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my number seven is a movie that Kyle detests. What is it's it? Palm Springs. Oh, which, this movie made... We'll, you, we'll, I'll let you talk about it, but this movie makes me so mad. I know, I know. Um, I'm going to let you... I'm not going to yeah, yeah, let yeah, you yeah. have no, your no, moment. I'm, uh, I'm, such, I'm such a grouch about this movie. Everybody loves this movie. Yeah, and that's okay. It's okay. 
It makes I, me mad. But I'm actually off. shocked that Palm Springs... When I saw Palm Springs, in the past two years, I've had two movies that have gone through a, um, a really similar life. Booksmart last year and Game Night the year before, where I see a movie mm. in the spring, usually a comedy, that I go, that is my favorite movie of the year. And I really think it's going to be hard to beat that. Yeah. And then a movie, la- and then it usually lasts until December or January, and then something might slide in, like last year, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. In. But Palm Springs, when I saw that movie, I I literally called two people and was like, I think that's going to be the best movie of the year for me. I absolutely adore that movie. Yeah. And. I think that this is the movie where Andy Samberg is living the same day over and over and over again. Yes, yes, yeah. uh, and he because of a tunnel, a mystical tunnel. Yes, he's being hunted by J.K. Simmons, and he mm-hmm. meets this girl who also goes on this. Yes, who who journey he, with her. he yeah Kristen he, Mil- Milioti Milioti. Yeah, let's get that name correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up because I'm going to talk about her a lot. Um, now, Kyle, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna step on your toes. I'm gonna let you say your piece about it. Mm. I'm notoriously an Andy Samberg. I've bought up all the Andy Samberg stock. Yeah. I think that he is so funny. I I'm think he's fine smart. On him. I think he's really good. And Palm Springs uses. I mean, outside of uh, pop star, never stop, never stopping, which I think is pretty perfect. Yeah. I. I <laughs> He, he is so well utilized in this movie because it lets him be himself and an absolute clown while pairing him with someone who is really an amazing chaser for his vibe. And sure. is Kristen, what is it? Yeah, Kristen Milioti. So Kristen in that movie is, I think she should be nominated for an Oscar. I think she's so funny. She's so state, charming. Yes. And she subverts... So many of the things that are pretty cliche about what's going on in the genre and like where you are in that film, she continually is the the kind of thing that cuts in and and I personally like uh, subverts expectation, changes what's going on. I love her dynamic with him um, and the approach to a very well known formula of Groundhog Day. The way that they approach it, given that they go, okay, we all know how you, we all know you know what this is. We all know you know what's happening. So let's have fun with it and let's kind of yeah, change Groundhog it up a Day, lot. Not fun at all. Not no, fun at all. But Groundhog's Day what is What do they the change? I There's a tunnel. Change, so. What do they change? Tell me what they change. In I think they and... change it in the fact of where they come into it, right? They come into it when he's already lived a bunch of those days. So then you're learning two different sure, things. Sure, but they that's also the skip, body of Groundhog Day. They also Day. skip the most boring part of a Groundhog Day movie, which is the setup. If you know in the trailer that it's going to be a Groundhog Day movie, the most boring thing is the setup because no, you're just waiting for No, it's fun though because you... I mean, it's fine. Sure, they skip it. But like, it's not boring because then you see the game... You need to establish that in, in, in not maybe not in Palm Springs, but what they do establish it in Palm Springs. You see the day. You yeah, still the, see the day. Yeah, but it makes the lead character actually the second person who's going through. Because in the reality, Kristen is the lead character of that movie. Sure. She is the one but, who undergoes But the, all the things they do, my, in case you can't tell, my take on this movie is that there's a movie that exists called Groundhog Day. It's one know. of the greatest comedies ever made. Yes. And this movie is not an homage. It is a ripoff. It is a, it is, it is... It is the exact same movie. I I think they are. They, let's kill ourselves in the thing. Let's have fun. The fun and games of the of the well, day happening over and over again is exactly the same. Well, that's because but that's what Day you would, is. That, 
better. It's one of the best comedies ever. Listen, it's my seventh best movie for this year. I don't think anyone is saying to you, hey, like, like, it's like when someone says, yeah, hey, this movie is Die Hard on a boat. No one's saying, no one's saying that, hey, it's going to be better than Die Hard. I think that your, your hatred towards it, and I understand it. You're like, hey, I just, did you no, all not the, see this? But these critics, is these critics who are giving it, it's like, what, a 99%? Because, they've seen I, Groundhog Day. It's I know, like that's what don't I don't understand. It. I don't understand why these people are watching this movie and they're just like, this, it's like, it's like, oh, they don't even talk about Groundhog Day. It's like, this is the, the same movie yeah but i think that you're not i think that you you don't enjoy the aspects of it clearly it didn't have the same appeal to you no the because it was the different back. ingredients that they throw in the 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 fact that you don't know all of his situation you learn as you go different things about sure. what he's already done the jk simmons thing like so many of those groundhog day movies you understand yeah, the but day let's not perfectly. talk about the groundhog day movies let's talk about groundhog day i know i'm it's just talking about that a romantic genre. comedy where a day keeps happening over and over again i i i I just think I'm getting fired up about Palm Springs. Um, yeah, I understand, I, and I get it. I just think that the that's the my elements, that's my take. I'll, the elements I'll, I'll of these two characters who are very fun and and very uh, <laughs> yin and yang in a lot of ways, and and how they go about like playing with the fact that you have seen Groundhog Day and you have seen these Groundhog Day movies, whether it's Happy Death Day, whether it's Edge of Tomorrow. But Edge know. of Tomorrow, which I still haven't seen, is a genre change. It's Agreed. a total Agreed. genre change. I just think that there is a level to the th this movie that is able to say, hey, we know that you know all of the tricks. I don't think so. So we're going to do different things. I think things they try and steal it. Well, and I, I, think I, they, I, I think they pass it off as original. Think about when they're in the bar. Think about when they're in the bar and he's telling her and she's trying to discover all the things and he's like, I've already lived this day. I already know. I, no, none of these things work. None but of that happens and, in Groundhog Day. I don't know. I just think it's, I, I think it's, I think it's an homage. I think it's That's a tribute. That's fine. Everybody loves it. I'll be the grouch on that movie. And I think that, and I, and I, I just think that there's like, it, you know, you have two people, and yeah, I, I, I like them. I like them. I think they're incre incredibly likable. And again, let's talk about why people might like that movie in twenty twenty. Again, two hours. I of, know, I know. That's why I think everybody it's did escapism, like escapism. But there's and, a lot of other escapism this year. Sure, sure. Great. And you're gonna tell me why those are better. Yes. I agree. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying. I think that movie is really uh, pure in what it is, while also being kind sure. of like. <laughs> It's it's dark at times too. It doesn't ignore like the dark. Day. Yeah, 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 for sure. I know. We, I know. We're, I we're know. nauseating the listeners. I know. I, I just know. want to say I think Kristen is really Great. really I, incredible. I expect movie. her to come around when y'all vote on. And Sinky similar Sinky. to the Ryan Gosling Emma Stone connection or <clears throat> the Margot Robbie Will Smith connection, I hope that I get to see another movie with those two together working in some different way. Great. Because they, I do too. Them. I would love that if they would if they would rip off another movie next time okay. <laughs> wow just salt on the wound um i'm just I, like offering olive branch he's just smacking it out of the way while i do have some escapist stuff on this list my next one is, is not, not. <laughs> yeah 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 here we go tell me, tell me about how like a bunch of terrorists take no, over no, no. At costco no it's number seven is called never really sometimes always it People is love this movie this is an amazing movie. Yes. Um, it is a movie about a young woman who gives one of the best performances of the year, Sydney Flanagan, who is traveling with her cousin to New York City to get an abortion. And it's very not Palm Springs. Once again, Kyle hooks <laughs> you in. <laughs> She's traveling to New York City to get an abortion, but it's, it's, it's this amazing, like, um, just sort of fly-on-the-wall look at 
all of what this young woman has to go through and persevere through to make this happen. And it's very, very grim and harrowing, but at the same time, it makes you feel so admiring of her journey. And there's a lot of moments of joy in it. And there's like a scene where she where she gets interviewed by a counselor at a Planned Parenthood about like, if she's just being asked, like, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I want you to answer never, rarely, sometimes, always. And the camera just is like on Sydney Flanagan. And it's like one of the most amazing things you've ever seen. She just like breaks down slowly watching it. It's an amazing movie. Sounds like the uh, abortion version of the Lord of the Rings. A journey to go destroy the ring. Sure. Heroin. I mean, sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's it's a great great movie. One of the best of the year. Yeah. And um, everybody should watch it. You know, it's a hard watch, but it's yeah, no, it's not as hard as you would think. How uh, categories we should look out for it? Do you think it'll come up in any categories? At the Oscars? Yeah, not that type of movie. No, I think she would probably be the thing, but that's not gonna happen. Yeah, it could happen. A bunch of critics would have to really push her. Yeah. Which they have been doing so far. So it could happen. It could do that in like a screenplay nomination. But I would... I've heard a lot about it though. It definitely has that kind of like like midsummer buzz where everybody's like, hey, you need to see this movie. movie Yeah, it is one of the best. And I watched it again. uh, What platform is it on? The beautiful thing about these top 10 teams is these are all available. Like a lot of these are available. Let me look up different streaming. You know, if you want to see Extraction, Netflix. If you want to see Palm Springs... Hulu. Right. If you want to see, what are the other ones? Platform, well, Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah. Um, Borat 2 on, is on Amazon. Oh, wow. So Never Rarely, yeah, exactly. Never Rarely is on HBO Max. HBO Max, see? This is, this is but the But this was one of those movies that came out. Oh, By the way, HBO Max. Sorry. Right, right. Well, that's a whole other thing. All right, that's my, that's my, my non-escapist. Yeah. That's really good. What's your next one? Uh, my number six. Let me pull up my handy dandy phone thing. Yeah. Uh, we have. Oh, baby! <gasps> what is it? Eurovision, baby! Okay. Number yeah, yeah. six. I knew this would be on your list. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this is when we need to step away for a second. Yeah, let's talk about okay. it. Okay. My six on my list is this has a funny story for me. This has a very funny story for me, which is this is the last movie I saw before shutdown, and I walked out on it. It's called First Cow, and forever I was much like I was um, doing First Man, calling it Worst Man, uh-huh. before I saw it. I was calling this Worst Cow. Worst I was like, cow. this is an insufferable critic's pick of a movie. It's so boring and long. Or, sorry, it's not long, but boring and slow. And then Kyle knows that this is dirty talk to me. I already love it. <laughs> but then I watched it again. And I loved it. So I am an Dang insufferable it. critic person. Oh. But it's this it's this buddy it's this buddy movie um, set in the uh, a pre uh, a pre-settled America where, between these two people who like steal it's like a, a, a muted heist movie where they steal milk from a cow. Toby Jones. Oh, Toby Jones. Toby Jones is like a rich guy who comes to the town and he has the only cow in the town. And he's the bad guy because we always love Toby Jones. He's he's mildly villainous, but not, but not right. He's just rich. But they, so they start stealing the the milk from this cow and making biscuits. And it's like a big scandal. It's a big, well, no, they love it, but they don't know that people don't know that they're stealing from the cow. Oh my gosh. So first cow, big, big critic movie from the air, but I do love it. You know, no, I keep waiting for the high life pitch where you, 
the the fuck yeah, the fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you there weren't a lot of you haven't, you haven't brought me, you haven't really gotten me in with biscuit making for yeah, first you, you, cow. This is not a movie for the you, abortion Jimmy. journey movie for never. You should watch that. Sometimes always, even though I'm in, you you pitched me yeah, on yeah. why I'm not like I. You know there what, wasn't Saturday really night. a box movie this year. I not yet, not yet. Um, I think Soul is my box movie. <laughs> yeah, I just haven't seen it yet. Okay, um, okay. so I'm that's ready. first cow. What's yeah, your okay. next one? Here we go. Number, number five. Okay. Number five, um, the gentleman, Guy Ritchie oh, okay. is back. Okay, he left because he did Aladdin and f- that shit. But Guy Ritchie is back, and damn it, if he does not make the most entertaining, uh, just I I can't even begin to describe. I watched the gentleman three times. In this is an unpopular opinion, right? Like it is ride it is, or die with it. But like it is good. It is good. Okay. Critics like it. It is not it, okay, beloved. It has a 75. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. A 75. It is not beloved for any reason. I just think that there's so many good things. It's got, you know, uh, I'm you so said glad you picked that Matt one Lee... action movie. This is like five. It's now. a Guy Ritchie movie. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. I don't need to shit. Oh, okay. Guy Ritchie. And I, I'm down for you embracing Guy Ritchie, but let's stop pretending he's some sort of highbrow. Like, okay. <laughs> Guy Ritchie. Top three directors for me. Just oh, watching God. movies. Nolan and Richie are both in there. Anyway, I just love The Gentleman. Matthew McConaughey uh, really works well. And you know what The Gentleman did? What? In a really, besides the fact that it has an incredible performance from your favorite, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Is yeah, so I've fun heard. in it. Um, but it also uh, is a uh, one of the only movies ever that has truly sold me on the fact that Charlie Hunnam is a good actor. Oh, God. Your and journey with Charlie Hunnam missed me with it. He sucks. You don't like him at all? No, I don't. I hate him. I mean, I hated him, but yeah, I, I do like, like him. him. I, in Lost City of Z, I was like, okay. He's fine in that. That's like, a great okay. movie, but yeah, I was that, like, he's okay. fine in that. But the gentleman, he, he is good in it. I okay. don't think he's great, but you he's You just good. keep flipping around on Charlie Hunnam, I which is fine. Flipped, I flipped once. Okay, okay. I flipped once. I'm all allowed right. to flip, and the gentleman... Guy Ritchie, I just want to say this. Don't make Aladdin. Make what you're good at. Keep making those type of movies. You're great at it. Also, the internet can try to cancel you, but the fact that they were trying to cancel you for dialogue in that movie is dumb, and anybody who actually watched that movie knows that it's not racist. Sure. I haven't seen that. to say. Number five is... We gotta hail... We gotta do something right now. We have to hail the king. We have to hail the king of Staten Island. Ah, oh, yes! Yes! I am, I am alone marching in the corner of a yeah, room uh, to he's by, playing by his little drummer boy. About this f***ing movie, which is the best comedy of the year. It's, yes. It's, did you watch it? it? Not all the way yet. It's no. so good! So I do the thing where I rent it on Voodoo. Yeah. And then you have 24 hours from the time that you start the rental yeah. to see it, and I did not finish it. You so I need to it. see it. It's on the list. It's long. It's like... I know. It's like Tell a, me about it. I only had 24 hours, and yeah. I get through it. It's like a 2 and 15. But movie, similar to The Gentleman, you're not alone in this. People liked that movie. People like that movie, but I am I am so... I'm telling you, like, I, this movie... This is the most underrated movie of the year. It's it's so good. They didn't good. love it as much as her trip to Mordor to get the abortion, but other than that... No, no, they didn't. But but I'm, I I love this movie so much. I've watched it, like, three times now. Yeah. It's, it's... Judd Apatow is, like, it's his best movie since Funny People. Yeah. He is the best. He's like, he, there's nobody else doing what he's doing. Don't you get jazzed about him? I I get jazzed about him. I mean, I, I I just am like nodding because I need to see the whole thing. Yeah. 
when did you I stop? Saw. You watched like twenty minutes. Mm, yeah. So much. it's this isn't like this isn't like a, a hilarious movie, but no, like it but is. You a, never knew it. I mean, it was you know, it's not gonna be a super. That's not what Judd Apatow does. No, really. and he, he's so good at it. And Pete Davidson is like, I'm telling, it's one of my favorite actors of the year. I love him in this. Yeah. I love him in it, and I love Marissa Tomei and Bell Powley and Steve Buscemi and Bill Burr. I love them all. I love this movie. Everybody should watch it. All yeah. hail the king. That's my that's my pitch. I love I. I, hey, I think that like it's I, I really do one of the things that I really love is that Judd Apatow now at this stage in his career continues to find people that he wants to work yes. with, finds them a vehicle that he thinks they'll be successful yeah. in and makes movies with them. I think it's great. And I think that and I and I love that. I, I wanna I wanna see it. You I gotta finish the king. Yeah, I do love that like he I just also enjoy that it's the he just he just doesn't make he makes movies that land and sit harder than most comedies yes and and that's always and like, nobody's doing that i just watched like i just watched rewatched broadcast news recently in quarantine and like that's a movie i don't know if you've ever seen this it's one of the, it's such a great movie mm-hmm. but it's like it's like an apatow movie you're like nobody's doing this anymore yeah. this sort of medium-sized comedy that isn't you know eurovision has its place but it's not a eurovision no, no. and it's not like you know, it's it's asking more of the of audience. the audience, but it's like, but it's not asking too fucking much. It's a funny movie. Yeah, for sure. You know, I th- I think he just has found that sweet spot of like, like I like this sort of rambly tambly Judd Apatow. Yeah, I like it. I uh, I think you I think people need to see it. Rent it. Let's go. Rent yeah, it. Yeah, go do it. Uh, my number four is Mank. Yeah, let's talk about Mank. Mank. So. Mank you. You know, we've been waiting. We've been waiting for another Fincher movie um, since Girl with since Gone Girl. Since Gone Girl, yeah, we've been waiting, and you know, especially with how much care and how much detail he puts into his movies. You know, I think there's like a, an irreverence or a reverence, I guess you would say, for for just like when you're watching a Fincher movie, just to like be aware of the fact that you're watching something that like every single thing has been hand selected for right. you for yeah, this yeah. nine course meal, every single piece of clothing, every single, you know, every single thing. Yeah. And the, the little things in that movie are so just like, they just like have an effect on you as you watch it. It's just like someone who is, has a clear respect for this time of movie making, this yes. this giant of cinema in Citizen Kane. I also like even in watching it once, I feel like I missed a ton of the things that they're referencing. You and have I feel to, like I so know Citizen is, Kane really, really yeah. well. So this is the thing: is a lot of people are watching Mank right now and they're not digging it. A lot yeah. of people are not digging it, and I and I've seen this movie twice now, and I really do think. A, this movie asks a lot of you. It asks it, a, it asks that you come in with a lot of information, and it's not going to be for everybody. Um, but I, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a tricky first watch. I think because what you while you are admiring the craft, you don't really understand the story that's being told to you until the end. I would say. You I don't think really, I understood it, pretty early no, but on. but it feels very fragmented in a way that, that is... Kane. Right, but it, and that's a part of it. But it feels very, like... It feels very, like... I think a lot of people have, have gone into this movie, and I love this movie. I think a lot of people have gone into this movie and they're like, they want an, uh, a making of Citizen Kane. And that's not what this is. No. I think this is a movie about, like, the responsibility of movies to the public 
the political stuff in it it's is way incredible. Way political stuff, and yes. and how he was responsible for the birth of fake news and this rigged system of of Hollywood and how he then and ruined some lives from it and how he then used what he could do to get revenge by making the best movie ever. And I think... Agreed. I think it's, it's awesome. Really well put. I, I agree. And I specifically, I think that like, I think the first 30 minutes, I felt like I, even in understanding Citizen Kane really pretty well, yeah. having seen Citizen Kane in the last two or three years, yeah. um, and I've seen it multiple times, I kind of understood where this was going. I was like, okay, cool. We're going to get like the William Randolph Hearst like draw in. We're going yeah. to figure out, you know, it's going to be great. We're going to get the Marion Davies, all that stuff. She's awesome. She's really, really, yeah. really good. And the scene that she's incredible in, which is my favorite scene, is the dinner. Is the dinner? Yeah. No, no, no. Not the dinner. Not the end dinner. Oh, okay. The party. The, the party. Piano. The Anybody see anything yeah, good yeah. lately? Yeah. Into that that well, whole sequence where, where the first time that Sinclair comes up, the yeah, first yeah. time that That's scene, a great scene, the first time that Mank, you start to kind of see what his political opinions are. Right. The thing was, early on, I was like, I thought it was going to be way more of like, we make movies. Like, right, and, which and, I think people are expecting. And, yeah. and I think they're hurl- I think they're faulting the movie for not being that. And I'm just like, guys, that's not the movie. And you get the scene of that, right? You get the scene of like L.B. Mayer like, being like, this is what we are at H. Right, but it's like a very cynical scene. Yeah, and then right, right into that thing where he cries being like, right. and then Mank is like, I've head. seen worse. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, the that it just is like, and, and it all centers around the fact that that movie zigs when I think it's going to zag. And uh, and Gary Oldman, I, I think it's my favorite Gary Oldman performance. I've, I I absolutely yeah. love him in that Yeah, movie. he's awesome. Yeah. And specifically, I love The Visits. I love The Visits once the screen is once the screenplay yes. is written. Yeah, the yeah. Visit from the Brother, The, the Visit from uh, Letterer, Charles Letterer, mm-hmm. and The Visit from Amanda Marianne, Seyfried. Yeah. All of those visits leading into the first real full William Randolph Hearst moment of the organ grinders monkey scene. Which is those, his only real like big moment in the yeah, movie. Yeah, which, which is great. Yeah, Nobody and, dresses somebody down like Charles Dance. He's great. Oh my gosh. I just think that, and, and specifically, there's just like, it's, it's, uh, and also the casting of it. I didn't recognize two-thirds of the actors in it yeah. but i felt like they were all unbelievable yeah it's a really good um, cast and but i like love... things that happen with the camera like shooting the dinner scene from the top corner like they uh-huh. shoot a lot of the scenes in citizen kane yeah, um, yeah i mean it's obviously the hallway walk scene which yeah. is the one i talked about the before. low angle yeah like backwards track but yeah it, yeah i feel like a lot of people i feel like it's really easy to admire the craft of this but i would urge people who are disappointed with it to give it another i would i would give it another go i think that the and maybe i'm wrong about this i think that like there is a level of certain things that you're not going to understand unless you have a real appreciation but i do think it stands alone pretty well i, I do think, think you, you need, need to know to, citizen you need to know what citizen kane is and what some, it's about that's you need, it and you, yeah you need to know what it's about and i think you need to know a little bit of the context of the hearst stuff i think yes. i think that's helpful well i didn't know that that guy had a relationship to william randolph hearst i didn't know that that mankowitz did i didn't know that at all i I didn't necessarily know that, but I knew that the movie was an attack on I knew that on well. Hearst. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I didn't know all this stuff about Marion Davies and their relationship. Yeah, well, I don't. I think a lot of it has sort of been uh, uh, fictionalized a little bit, which mm-hmm. is fine. But um, so I'm not sure how much of it is like actually real. But I lo- yeah, I love his relationship with Amanda Seyfried and how they're so like keyed into each other, and she just 
has to cast her lot against him, I think is just great. I love that movie. All right. Okay. Okay. So that's Mank. So now we're on to four? Uh, you're four. Uh, that four, Mank was my four. Okay, we're moving. But I didn't know that people had reacted. I thought Mank was pretty universally Pe- loved. People I, have been disappointed with it, is is what I'm realizing, and I feel like his... Like critics or people? Uh, some critics, and and definitely people. That's not going to be a movie that... Well, I do, I do think this about Mank, too. It's like, Fincher makes so many movies that are excellent and also approachable, and... This one does not necessarily approachable. It's not no, necessarily. It's not, it's not yeah. Gone Girl. Pro, pro, but he makes movies that are super, like super appetizing to the regular film goer. So it's okay that he made a movie that was like, "Yo, this one's oh, for me." Like, yeah, I, I love that care. shit. I so, don't care. I think I think it's his best movie since Social Network. I love, like, I love it. Yeah. Um, so he, it's one of my faves of his. So. I love. I mean, I really do love all of his films. Like, heck, I love Panic Room. I love The Game. I've never seen Panic Room in The Game or Alien Three, but I've I need to. I need to do those. But I've seen. All I refuse to watch Alien Three because I know how it starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think as a Fincher sort of thing, it's cool. Yeah, well, you anyway. learn a lot about what, why he takes such autonomy in a lot of his movies after that. Yes, exactly. It all starts with Seven. Let's it's fine, and I'm tired of this villainizing of, of Fincher for, for being a stickler. I mean, like, he's not hurting anybody. This is how he runs his set, and he's allowed to do that, you know? Yeah, he's a, yeah, like, I'm he's not that. being like a, he's not like, a, these people are, he's not like abusing these people. Yeah. They're, they're on the set, and he's just, this is just how he works. He's really, so. yeah, it's, it's not like Kubrick level. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, my number four is Boys State. Wow, it dropped to number four. Well, I, I, so I should say from this point on, I could put any of these movies as my number one. Okay, um, got it. But Boys State, ugh, where to even begin? Jimmy, I can't believe you haven't seen this. You will love it. I know, I, I can't wait. Um, it is so f***ing good. So it's about this, it's about this thing, which I'm... It's about this thing called Boy State, which is that once a year, in every state except Hawaii, a group of a thousand teenage boys, like, corral and are participate in this week-long program that's supposed to mimic, like, an election cycle. Which you did not know about, but I did know Yeah, about. and you didn't do it. But everybody... No, my cousin did. Everybody's yeah. done it. I keep talking to people, and they're like, yeah, I did Boy State. Yeah, a lot of people did. Um, so... We also just called it State, by the way. Okay. Not Boys State. Well, there's Girls State and Boys State. Yeah. But the movie's about Boys State. And this is about the Texas chapter. And it follows these four guys, these four young men, who are all super interesting in their own right. There's, like, this one this one guy named Stephen Garza who's, like, he's, like, a sort of progressive guy who's, like, the first in his family to complete high school. There's this guy named Ben Feinstein, Ben Feinstein or Feinstein, who is not like, Jewish. He, yeah. And he's like a double amputee who oh, becomes wow. sort of like this really, he's, he's maybe the most fascinating movie character of the year. Wow. Like he's, 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 it's really interesting. The choices that he makes in this movie. Then there's this guy named Robert McDougal, who's like a uh, who's like a cowboy bro, who's like very sort of like a young George W. Bush, and this other guy named uh, Rene Otero, who's just like a shade queen. Um, but it's like this, it's shot in this way that just feels super epic, and you're just really in this pressure cooker situation with these guys running for this go- for for governor, Fake governor, governor, right. Fake governor, they just call it Fofner. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, but it's like this crazy microcosm of like, I mean, we just went through an election cycle of like what it is, and it's so crazy to see 
before the election, it was a little bit of a scarier movie. Um, I think it's still a little scary, but it's also, you know, there's scariness in it in so far as like these kids are so f***ing savvy about what's been passed down to them mm-hmm. from from like how to like manipulate like a narrative and how to like win an election and how to like th- sling mud at like an opposing person. But then it's also interesting about like the people who especially in Texas are like, like ramming through this progressive ideology in like a pretty like conservative, which you have like in Houston. Right. Exactly. Group. So it's, it's an amazing movie. At one point it was my favorite movie of the year. And I think it is one of the most like, and and it's, it's extremely entertaining too. It's like, well, that you pitched it to me when you told me about it. We were in the living room a few weeks ago, and Kyle yeah. was like, "This is the best movie of the year." You said like two sentences on it, and I was really quickly like, "I'm gonna love this." Movie. Yeah, it's amazing. But it also seems like you also felt like you know it had it had more to say rather than like, "Hey, this is just an entertaining film." Obviously, yeah, but it is enter- It is really entertaining. Like it, it's a really really awesome movie to watch. I've watched all these movies like twice now, so mm. can confirm. Okay, well, that's definitely high up. If you know my current watch list that we've had yeah, since yeah. I, so I've got uh, Vast of Night, Dick Johnson is Dead, The Five Bloods, and Boys State, and then King of Staten. You got to do King of Satin Island. I think yeah. you should do Never Rarely, but I understand you're not going to be a first cow kid, uh, guy. Thank you. Um, Thanks for understanding. Uh, I do like that this year people can actually watch a lot of your very weird movies that you put on your list. Oh that yeah, don't know. And well, you people, always I mean, can. people who don't know the critical darling films. Intensely okay, let's go. We're let's doing... go. Number three, Borat's subsequent film. Yeah, let's talk about it. I, I was so okay. Feelings on Borat two. Didn't know the sequel was happening. Had no idea the sequel oh, was happening. Yeah. Find out abruptly that a sequel sequel is happening. Two two quick emotions. Emotion number one: extreme excitement. Like yeah. I'm a Bruno Stan. I'm a Who Is America Showtime series fanatic. I don't understand why no one saw Sasha Baron Cohen's amazing show Who Is America. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, I love Bruno. I think The Dictator is an underrated movie. Uh, just I love Sasha Baron Cohen, and I'll take. Oh God! I just, I, I, just got a, I just realized what the, your last two movies are, <laughs> and I like yeah. had a stress. This is attack. the happy moment. This is the happy moment before <laughs> yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. have. Uh, get off now! No, I'm just kidding. Um, and, but then quickly, yeah. quickly, almost like a forte piano, I, yes. very quickly, I backed Short off it. Sondo. Uh, Short Sondo. I, I really got scared because I was like, and I, I recently found out that the director had the same response, which was like, you, how do you make a sequel to Borat? Right. Like, Borat is so Well, singular. now's the time to do so, it. Right. And, yeah. and, and when, Bor- and when Sasha Baron Cohen brought the script to this director, he was like, you can't make this film. I, you can't make this film. Borat's perfect. Like, yeah, but then when I kind of saw the trailer and I like came to terms with it a little bit, I was like, this is the perfect time to make this movie. I can't believe he made this movie. Yeah. And I got so excited. The movie delivered on all of that. But then the thing that surprised me the most about the movie is that early on in the film, I kind of was like, oh, you know what? I actually like, I don't know if I'm going to love a whole movie more of Borat. Like, I you, don't like the, do you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. You don't want to move yeah. it. You also and don't need it. Yeah. They bring the best idea ever which is let's and they have to find the perfect person and maria baklatova is the perfect Bakalova, person Bakalova, yeah. sorry 
the performance of, of the, the year. year. <laughs> she is incredible. Yeah. And she is so funny. And their dynamic gives Borat a level of sweetness that actually like isn't there as much in the first one as it is in this one. No. The, the father-daughter thing. And then also no, like... it's not there. And it's great. It's, it's great in It's this so yeah. sweet. And she is so funny. And that is such a... That character Well, it's brilliant journey, because... It's she becomes brilliant. the lead of it. And right. it's, it's beautiful. Right, right, right. Even though she's... They're going supporting. She is the lead of that movie. And like what's what's I think what's cool about it is that yeah I just think like I think that you can't surprise us anymore right in twenty like everything that Borat unearthed in that we watched and we were like whoa we know they're gonna say chop them up like the sound right we, we know, know this stuff we know like so so there's little surprise with that but but to to for him it is a brilliant choice to like seed power to her in the movie. Yes. Because it just is this fully other angle, and they surprise you with how they sort of dupe people in the movie. There's a duping of a woman who actually is a really nice woman. It's an amazing scene. The car is, scene is amazing. Yeah, who is, um, yeah, who is giving like amazing advice. Um, and yeah, she's just like a rock star in it. She's amazing. It's a, it's like, it's. I had no doubt that it was going to be funny. I had no doubt that it was going to be like make me sad about the state of America in a lot of ways. Yeah. What I had no idea was that uh it was going to switch perspectives and tell it from a woman's perspective right. specifically. Yeah. And um and like so I could not look away from a lot of those scenes which yeah. like the the debutante ball is amazing. is an insane sequence yeah. scene and everything about that is insane and I can't believe that happened. I cannot be- I just again even when you're like uh, what else is Sasha Baron gonna, Cohen going to do? Like, in Who is America, he gets a bunch of senators to say that four-year-olds should have guns. Right, like, right, right. what else could you get? I'm just kind of tired of all that. Yeah, I get it. Sense. I get I'm it. Just like, but I get she, it. These but the, people but the, suck. Like, the Rudy Giuliani scene is... Well, wait, let's talk about that for a second, which is an amazing scene, but I, I, scene. I must say I do think he's tucking in his shirt. Oh, I think he's yeah, tucking yeah. in his shirt. He's being a total well, creeper, but... But he's yeah. being a total creep yeah, in yeah. that... He's like and putting it's his hands on her twice. Yeah. No, he's he's, he's, he's he's being such a creep, and he definitely is like. I mean, I read up because obviously he was not saying he's not married anymore. During right. Time. I just I like I fully was watching that scene. I was like, oh my gosh, he one hundred percent is hoping that they're gonna. Oh, fuck. for sure, for sure. I and just he's like I just I just again hated that the narrative turned into he started touching himself, and I'm like, no, he he was tucking his shirt, but yes, he is trying to fuck this. Like, yes, he's one hundred percent. Like it is it is gross. And but... regardless, and regardless. Yeah. He is, even if he was doing that, he is in a room with her. Oh, it's disgusting. On the bed, yeah. laying down, like grabbing his junk in a way that's like not how not you, something you would do. You would yeah. do that. Either he is like the weirdest person. I, it, it, right. He is well, and, and that he is. We've, it's been proven. Do you, do you believe, though, what the director recently said? Oh, was that, that that movie helped delegitimize a lot of the things that Rudy Giuliani then tried to do after the election? I would hope so. And this was a perspective I had about that movie before uh, it came out. Is like I think everybody saw Borat. And everybody saw Borat at a young age before their sort of political ideals were, were sort of crystallized. And... It might surprise some people who are who would have sided with Rudy Giuliani that Borat was a movie exposing a lot of the things that led to sort of Trumpism yes. in America. And so I thought that it I, I think I, I do think maybe that movie had a positive effect on some people because 
they were like, oh, if Borat, I don't know. This is maybe a stupid take, but like. No, no, I totally I, get I, that. I totally agree. I think that the thing about it that makes me, um, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I, I actually was really glad that they kind of pitched the movie as this like, the main thing was going to be the Donald Trump suit with Mike Pence. And that is like such a yeah. throwaway move moment. In yeah, the film. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it uh, is crazy to hear Pence talk about Corona. I mean, I, and oh I, yeah, him talk about yeah, coronavirus yeah. and be like, yeah, yeah. for sure. And there is a thing about this movie that I feel like some people, you know, it's it's on a New York Times list as the number one movie of the year. Like really there good. there has been some thought from some people that maybe this movie actually won't age super well and maybe we're just being really responsive to it in the moment, but I actually think in terms of 10 years from now, this is maybe the movie that gives you the microcosm of this year the most. In terms and especially now that Trump lost and we can sort of breathe a sigh of relief and the vaccines are coming in. It's like, it's fun to watch this movie and laugh at the fucking chaos that was this year. She also is going to, that, that, she is going to work and she is going to make more movies. Oh yeah, and for sure. We're going to look back and like, yeah. this movie is going to be like the thing that, and, and specifically like, Nobody is going to look at that performance and think that is not the most courageous thing you've ever right. seen. Right. Well, that's the thing is like, English is her second language right. in America and toe to toe with Sasha Baron Cohen. Which is like, crazy. She's yeah, in these yeah. situations and like I cannot imagine how nervous I would be going into those situations in general, right. let alone with Sasha, right. which she talks a lot in interviews about like how comfortable he makes her feel. Yeah. And, like, which you can tell. You can and tell. And it's really touching at the end when they're doing the running, running of away. the... What's, well, no, oh, I mean the running of the, of the... And the, they all kill Fauci or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like he turns her and is like basically a huge done good kid or whatever. Like it's very, very, very sweet. sweet. The running from Rudy too is, is really sweet. Yeah. Like, what they both a, look ridiculous and they are yes, in the alley yes, and yes, they're yes, just yes, laughing in the alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great it's wonderful but yeah i mean like i mean like it, it, the the scene with rudy giuliani is like that is like bravery like come on like yeah, it's insane. enough it's insane okay we love borat great we, we're cooking through this we're gonna wrap it up yeah we're wrapping it my up. number three is um a movie i do want you to see but i'm i'm i i just think you'll throw like your your dinner at the tv Thank which you. is the new charlie coffin movie i'm thanks thinking, for looking out for me yes it's the new Charlie Coffin movie. It's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And it's... A, I've heard it's incredible. It's a f***ing ride. It is so yeah. awesome. Um, it reminded me a lot of a movie we've talked about a lot on here, Mulholland Drive, which oh, yeah. obviously works really well for me. Um, it's got this performance. It's got Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons in it, who are oh. both amazing. You, I love both of them. Do you know Jesse Buckley? From, well, I, I know Jesse Plemons. Wait, Jesse Buckley is Jesse, from... So Jesse Buckley had her big breakout last year, but I didn't see it in a movie called Wild Rose. So this was my real first introduction to her, oh. and she's incredible. But it's like, I don't even know how to... I don't even know how to talk about this movie, but, like, it's surreal. Like, it's ostensibly about, like, Jesse Plemons is taking Jesse Buckley, his girlfriend, to his parents' house, which is a farm in, like, a wintry farmland uh-huh and uh things happen from that point on but there's like a dream ballet there's like a cartoon pig there's um lots of oklahoma references um <laughs> we tony collette is jumping from being uh tony collette plays his mother and she's jumping from being young i don't tony know collette. jesse buckley i'm sorry I'm yeah she's amazing jesse plemons, I love she's him. amazing though jesse plemons is awesome in it um, and Tony Collette is like aging. She walks out of her room and she comes back in and she's old now. And you're like, what the f is going on? And even as you're 
puzzling through it. I've watched it three or four times, and it's one of those movies where once you sort of realize what's going on, it's very entertaining to watch it back and be like, oh, yeah, that's that, and that's that. But even even if you have no idea what's going on, it's just so cool. It's cool I'll give movie. it a shot, Kyle. You should give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. If I if, will, you not, will you still be friends with me if I don't like it? Yeah, I don't think you're going to like it, so I'm just like, Checkmate. Yeah, that's fine. Awesome. Um, all right. All right, you ready to have it out? Yeah, no. which, which one are you We're doing? doing? Attendant is number two. Oh, I wanted you to be number one. That no. other movie's number one? Yes. Okay. Tenet is number two. And yeah. uh, I'm I not going to be podcast. mean about Tenet. I did a whole podcast on Tenet. So I, I've talked a lot about Tenet. Tenet, I've seen Tenet in theaters three times. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it once again, Nolan delivers in a film and specifically the way that the film, when you gain more information, holds up even more for me. And the fact that every time I go back to it, I enjoy it more i catch up on one more thing do i have a problem do i have problems with it yes um and i i feel like most nolan films i'm hyper aware of the flaws as it's happening yeah but once again he does things that are so exhilarating in the theater that are in a theater yeah incredible palpitating i i know where kyle's going with this but (laughs) Um, and I think one of the things that Kyle and I, even early on when I yeah. found out that you liked Tenet, I did, um, had I not rewatched it on a TV before we did this, it would, it would have been on my top 10. Yeah. Yeah. So specifically though, I, I know that like for you, you're like, who gives a shit about like what's happening? I don't know, but right. I know that this is awesome. Right. Well, and yeah, when I saw time. it in the movie theater, and granted also this was a long time of not having seen anything in a movie theater, and I did see Tenet in a movie theater, and there were, for the first hour of it, I was just like, what the f*** are we doing here? Yeah. Because they're not characters, they're they're mouthpieces for ideas in this movie, which is fine, but that is what yes. it is. Yes. It's, it's, he's regurgitating to you the plot, and Elizabeth Debicki, who is great, is playing one of the worst written characters. I don't like her in the movie. Okay, but her character is horrible. Horrible. It, it's talk, constantly talking about her son. This is her reason for doing everything. Like, you know, Nolan notoriously has these ghost women on his movies, and he finally wrote, like, a, a, a woman part, but it is horrible. It's one of the worst characters, uh, written characters. But I, was, but I was all willing to forgive that the first time I saw it because there were these huge action sequences that were, as you said, exhilarating. And yeah. even though I don't... I didn't understand necessarily what the stakes of the situation were, what the characters were trying to necessarily do. I liked what was, I liked the spectacle of it. And I think especially in a year where there has been, I haven't seen anything on a big screen that was a backwards car chase or people moving backwards and fighting each other backwards. I was like, this is amazing. And so I watched it from that movie having liked it. Mm-hmm. And I watched it again on a TV. And I was and I was a little heartbroken because about halfway through it, when all that cool stuff started happening, I did I wasn't as into it. And I think that I think that for me, Tenet is a great example of A, why theaters are so important, why great. seeing a movie in a movie theater is so important, and B, how storytelling is important. And, and, and how this, you know what I mean? Yes. I don't think it's, I don't think it's insane to say that the, the tenet is a lot of nonsensical plot. I love, yeah. And I, and I totally get that. And, and you know, there's also like a level from a taste standpoint. Sure. Like I love that, that take, right? I love the take that like, these are all mouthpieces for plot. Right. Because I, I, I hadn't thought about that and I was like a hundred percent that's the case because 
Right. I mean, I think we both like Rob Pattinson in the movie. Yeah, um, and I liked him a lot more the, the first, first time. I right. still like him. I right. mean, he's the But, man. like, I don't love... Like, there's no performances in it that I'm like, that's no. a good performance. And, and, and But I will say this. It's like, the idea of, like, first of all, like, the idea of me sitting in a room yeah. explaining to you a very complicated role-playing board game Sure. Is something that you're like literally like if it takes that yeah, long yeah, yeah, to explain yeah. the game, no, ice pick course, to yeah. my eyes. No, thank yeah. you. This movie is the film version of that. Yeah, yeah. What it is is I am, which in the past and continually. Now you take Dunkirk aside, which is also why I feel like Dunkirk has a wider appeal in general because he doesn't do this. But yeah. Dun- but Nolan goes here is a world I'm building for you. I'm going to build this world. Now, sometimes he's able to do it a little bit more sleight of hand, but in a movie like Tenet, he just literally is like, throughout the film, like, I'm going to tell you about this yeah, world yeah, that yeah. I'm building. Which he does do in other movies as well. He does it in Inception. Mm-hmm. In Inception yeah, and Interstellar. And Interstellar. Yeah. He, it says, this is the world that I'm building for you. Now, in if the movie is literally just, I am going to tell you about this world building, and then I'm going to show you it. And then I'm going to tell you again, and then I'm going to show you it, and then I'm going to tell you again, and I'm going to show you it. That's an extremely satisfying storytelling experience for me. Sure. Is no, it, it's fine. Is it yeah. world building or in your ways, in your mind, it might be less substance. For me, the world building is the substance, even if the characters have lacking. I think that's fine. And I think it's really, I, I, even the first time I saw it, I was like, I know why Jimmy loves this movie because it's like the Matrix sequels. It's Agreed. a lot of talking in rooms about yes, nonsense. That's a great parallel. And then there's these big action scenes, which, you know, are just yeah. cool in their own right. Although I will say... The, I, I have seen Tenet twice now, and I have very little idea of what the hell is going on in that pincer movement. It's okay. I do, but but that's yeah, because yeah. I've studied it, thought about it, and sure. watched it and three that's times. Fine. And, that's and fine. like I go to bed at night, I go to bed at night being like, okay, this is the one thing that's happening, this is happening, that's, that's fine. happening. That's and fine. Again, I, I just talked I about a movie that I, that I like watching over and over again to puzzle through. So this is, happens for different people with different ways. I left my phone in the movie theater the third time that I saw Tenet because I was so distracted for 10 minutes talking to my sister about the plot points of what was going on in the pincer movement. I literally left all worldly belongings, elevated to a different level, and was explaining things for 15 minutes before I was like, holy shit, I don't have my phone. And then it took me me three days to get my phone back because the theater was locked and all these things. Literally, I lost my phone because of how independent I am. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you like it. I I, um, I will also never... I was talking to Patrick about this last night. Patrick really hates this movie, and I Tenet. really don't like the movie anymore. I do think it is, for me, a failure. But I will always appreciate this type of failure. I think what he's doing on a... on What he's doing is unparalleled in terms of, you know, these type of movies nobody else could make Tenet right now yeah and there is room for that and i think it's fine that from my point of view he failed and it's good for movies it's good good for for movies movies. it's much better for me that this sort of big movie is happening than this ip the buzz lightyear tv show where where it's buzz lightyear not the toy but the real before we get to your number one my number two your number two excuse me I just want to say this, though, and I want to kind of put this challenge out to you, that I really do believe that even if you had seen Tenet in a movie theater in a normal year, you still would have been exhilarated by the things that they were doing in that. Because I know how much you love tactile, smart filmmaking. So I know there's a part of you that's like, was that my first theater-going experience? Had I just forgotten how that feels? And I think you're a smarter movie watcher than that. And And I think that... You know, but I did. It did take a surrendering that movie. Like I would describe my experience with that movie. The first hour being like, oh my god, 
when, like, come on, what the f*** are we doing here? And then surrendering to the spectacle of it, which yeah. I don't know if I would have done had I not seen a lot of And I will do. surrender when I'm watching I'm thinking of ending things the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you. Should, you should try. Yeah. My number two, are you on my number two? Yeah. My number two is Nomadland. Which is not Francis. Francis McDormand. It's Chloe Zhao who did this. Another movie. movie that no one else can see yet. No one can yes. see this one yet. But everybody, all my other ones, everybody can see. I think so. Except yeah. Soul. Oh, we just Soul's not in my top ten. Okay. Um, so Nomad. Nomad Land, which is going to be a, a a massive, massive Oscar player. It's it is for me. Um, ask me in ten years. This is probably the best movie of the year. I'm going a little crazy and buck wild with my number one. Oh, I'm excited. But um, but it is. So it is. It is this movie about um, uh, these these nomads who are sort of have sort of dropped their lives because of economic strife in their life and losing their jobs and losing their homes in like uh, the American West, and they're nomads now and they ride around in in sort of mobile homes all and just live their lives around lives around uh, the West and Francis McDormand who's the only one of the... It's her and David Strathairn, but he's not in it much. She's one of the only sort of actors in the movie, which I know you love, and she's interacting with these real nomads in the movie, and she, as ever, is one of the best actresses. Alive. (laughs) Alive. And because she's so picky with her projects, it really feels like every time she gives a performance, it's just like, well, obviously that's special very amazing but the way she integrates herself with these uh real people and and brings out their stories in a way that makes you feel like she's as normal as them and they are as actors as she is is really magical it also is just uh chloe Tsao who should win she's so she's in between doing uh, she did this movie called The Rider, which I still haven't seen from two years ago. The horse movie. The horse movie. Which people lost yeah, their yeah, yeah. minds That about. was a big one, too. And she's about to do The Eternals for Marvel. Oh, exciting. So she's in between these two projects, and she just tossed this movie out, which is, like, just one of those sort of... I mean, it is sort of, for me, like, a boyhood experience of, like, watching this movie, and, like, you just... If you sort of give yourself over to it, it just is such a moving story and the music and the cinematography of this of this part piece of america that you're just not used to seeing in a movie in this way and it's so such a sad movie but such a movie about life and like connection and it's amazing so that isn't out yet but it'll be out okay wow nomadland big movie I, yeah i you pitched it well you pitched Thank it you. well i gotta see francis McD. Yeah. She's she's must-watch viewing, folks. You know this. She is. Got it. Dear, dear or no dear. Past Sinky winner. winner. Maybe she'll be our first double Whoa. Sinky winner. Yeah, wow, wow. Uh, my number one, uh, you know this, yes, is yes, Trial yes. of the Chicago 7. Uh, yes. Aaron Sorkin on Netflix. Um, I just... Uh, it's just a. <laughs> I know um, my feeling exactly about this movie. Jimmy. I, I I know I. <laughs> I won't take this very. It is a number one. It is a a really really well executed film, and I just want to like let go of a lie that I feel like I've pretended a lot of my adult life. So like I've pretended 
a lot of my adult life that like Sorkin does bad films and bad TV shows sometimes. Like oh, there's like this understanding. One of them Hold is on. Chicago stuff. <laughs> Hold on. Let yeah, me yeah. finish my piece. Yeah, I know yeah, you sorry. don't like this movie. Go, go, go. So people love to be like, that's one of Sorkin's good things. And then like people be like, ugh, like Molly's Game or like, ugh, Newsroom or yeah. ugh, like whatever. Well, the Newsroom and is pretty, some of, some of that's really bad. Again. Yeah. What I'm getting to. Sorry, sorry. I do not believe Newsroom is bad. I do not believe that there is such a thing as bad Sorkin. I believe that there is Sorkin that is not as good as other Sorkin, but my whole life I've pretend, not my whole life, I have pretend <laughs> in circles, like when you say things like the Newsroom is so bad, right? Kyle says that. I'll so then what I do is I scene. will be like, I'll, I'll be like, I'll be like, um, yeah, sure. Newsroom is bad because like it's supposed to be accepted to that, but I don't believe that. I believe okay. bad Sorkin is still better than 95% of what other people do. Well, it's very now, written, right? Yes, of course, it is written. It now, is very written. I do believe, however, yeah. that he has shown that he has is still learning how to direct. And we are seeing a kind of maturation, if you will, of sure. his direction. And while if Trial of Chicago 7 was directed by Fincher, maybe it would be a level like social network where people are like, oh my gosh, this is the best movie of the last 20 yeah. years, right? I don't know if he's that level of director. But no. I think the fact that it is one of his best scripts, I really do believe it's tight, it's clean. Every it, it, he continues to write, <laughs> yes. he continues to write uh, movies that whether you have six lines or one hundred and six lines, it is an it is a vehicle for actors to to Act. spread their wings and 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 make amazing moments and and, and they. And he and his direction also. I don't think like it was too busy. I think it was a little clunky at times. But it's a better directed movie than than Molly's Game. He he continues to well, grow yeah, as a he's, director. He's, so when yeah. you see this maturation of him as a director, and when you see what I think is one of his best scripts that he's ever written, and I don't, I hate watching movies on Netflix. You know that. I like going to the theater. Right. And that movie. Well, that's. I, I really. I sat gonna... down with dinner, yeah. and I ate, and I ate, and I watched that movie, and I legitimately was like, "This movie is so special," and it even survived the fact that I do not think Eddie Redmayne is good at all. I think he's atrocious in the movie, and it survived that, and is still number one for this year. And Sasha Baron Cohen, who sometimes when he is just purely an actor in a movie, has is a little limited. He was not limited. He was incredible. He, and, and, I have um, a take about Sasha incredible. in this movie. Okay. Uh, this, this, then now you know why that's my number yeah, yeah, yeah. one. I wanted to invest picture. I that's wanted great. to invest screenplay. It's probably going to... No, actually, I don't. This is, this is why Chicago 7 is going to win. Yeah, it's a, it's original screen. It will. It'll beat Mank and I'll f***ing kill myself. Um, <laughs> um, Borat 2 is adapted. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7, I think... This is why it, I think it will win Best Picture, at least right now. Because... It plays like a f***ing TV movie on Netflix, which is what we're, how we've all been watching things this year, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing cinematic about it. It feels like a TV movie, and that's fine. And I don't like the histrionics of the movie. I laughed at the end of it where Eddie Redmayne is naming the names and the camera goes back and they're all clapping. I was like, this is... I hate this. Were you crying? No, I, yeah. but it... But it... Like, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt piece to it, watching him struggle within what his role was and seeing that... I also end. just, you know, don't... I'm th That type of movie is, like, rare. Yeah, I'm the person who's like, like, I do love the imitation yeah. game. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. I think the imitation game is better than this. But, but um, 
something like Sasha, I have a pro I have a problem with Sasha and Jeremy starring in that movie. I think Sasha actually probably is good in that movie. My problem with it is the way that it's shot and the way he's costumed. I'm sorry, but this guy is famous for putting on silly costumes and being funny and be and inhabiting this character but being funny. It is so criminal to make him look like a party city high school hair character in that movie. It makes him into such a goof, I think. I, I don't believe And I that. don't have I don't a problem. I don't have a problem with this. I think the this. look, maybe. Maybe a little bit party city in the look. But that is not that character in that movie. And I'm that not... Character... But, but I'm saying that the frame of it... I'm saying I look at that movie and it looks like... Uh, the way it's shot, it feels like... It doesn't feel like we're in that time period. It feels like we're in now and Sasha Baron Cohen is wearing a silly costume. And I hate Jeremy Strong in that movie. See, this is the thing though. You you I, I respect I respect that you missed the boat on them. But both of those both of those characters are so outlandish and there's so many actors that if I'm they fine had gone with Sasha in, in it. I'm if fine they had gone Sasha. as far as like Jeremy Strong Yes, he is. He I'm is sorry, doing but him a lot being of like Aaron Sorkin tear gas me. I'm just like, no, that didn't come across at all. It's I think stupid. Jeremy Strong. I think Jeremy Strong, and makes, I like him. I think he no makes way. big, bold, funny, ridiculous choices that so land, and he is two feet down in the ground. That's how grounded he he's is. He's like, he's like an annoying capital A acting in that no, movie. I he, like performances it, in that because movie, it but settles, it settles, and it's like. He's like he's like oh I'm I'm really I'm really keyed into this character. I, yeah, guys, I, see how keyed I, in I, I am. I don't know though. He he has a sincerity to it though, and a, and a spontaneity to it that just seems like it's truly him as a like it, it, the characters on him like a glove. I don't see it so much as showing the work as in like yes, this is a character because we know Jeremy Strong, but also like like yeah. we know that he's not that in most other movies, but. He is so, like, watching, when they go through the flashbacks and watching him react to the riots, watching him try to take that all in, there's yeah, little things know. like that. And on top of that, he has the difficulty of having to play the real choices of the fact that the Jeremy Strong character never chooses violence like he's supposedly painted out to be. And the second thing is, he has to deliver, like, 20 of the jokes of the movie. So you also have to be able to be like, yeah, this guy's funny. It's a sure. tough line I, to thread. I guess it works for you. It didn't work for me. I think Sasha is good in it. I My point is more about his cost costuming and the way that the cinematography of that movie makes him look like he's a goof yeah I don't and i and i and i think that sasha is capable of not being a goof and i think the movie should have taken better care of him because uh -huh. that's cool casting sasha Baron cohen as abby hoffman is really cool casting i love him on the stand i think that's a great scene i think he's yeah really... i mean he's probably gonna get he could win an oscar I it's gonna be him. a big player i'm in a minority on this movie but he just and he just he really specifically... You don't think it's like a little Oscar baby nonsense though? Oh, it's a lot of Oscar yeah. baby. The difference is I don't put nonsense on that. Just sure. because you make a movie about something that's important, that's in the past, that you want to say... No, no, and no. And you present it as, as a historical uh, stylistic telling of it. There are plenty of those movies that I'm yeah, I think in, that's on great. board for. Well, but... that's Oscar bait too. The difference is you think one of them is good and you think the other one sure. is meh, you know? And that's okay. Like, there are plenty of historical... I just think... I just think the that situation especially the year that we had things are more complicated with that and to sort of just make it this sort of like triumph of of the the process and whatever movie is sort of like i don't know but is it a triumph of the process i it mean they feels go to jail like, like, no but it feels like that at the end it feels very like grandiose and like hollywood i don't know i found the frank langella every single scene with him love was him. absolutely suffocating because you were just like this is like what this is what it feels like when you're up against trying to 
write something that you're like right or wrong when someone's not with you who's in an authority role it's 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 suffocating right. and he is suffocating sure. yeah, yeah yeah i also i am not a fan of yaya and he is incredible in that movie yeah he's, he's really in good it in barely that movie. at all though he's that really character should have more to do in that movie maybe i think he's really good in it and i think he's really i i haven't liked him i mean much. but you haven't watched Watchmen either no. like, i've watched yeah. his movies though Sure. And I've not liked him. I know, you talked about him before. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We differ on this. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. A lot of people do. My okay. number one is David Byrne's American Utopia. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I was going to say, does Hamilton count? I was going to bring that no, up. No, okay. no, no. Well, this is my American thing. Utopia. This is my thing is American Utopia, which is actually Spike, Spike Lee bookending my list. Yeah. Spike Lee directed this quote unquote movie of, of this Broadway show, which is one of the last shows I saw before the before the lockdown and it was amazing in the theater but i really i struggled with this because i was like you know this in this year that like hamilton came out as well i for me i really feel like hamilton is a is a well shot document of the show and maybe this is me just justifying this but but uh american utopia especially with the precedent of uh jonathan demi's stop making sense movie mm-hmm. is an amazing concert movie and spike lee really shot it in a way that transcends it being like a document of a stage show Mm -hmm. it's the most joyous thing you'll see especially i mean that show was i saw that show the same day i saw jojo rabbit i saw jojo rabbit and then american utopia and i was like that was a very good day of consuming content and i just love i love david byrne period he's the front man of talking heads but for those who don't watch this everybody should watch this it's f-ing easy to watch it's a HBO concert max. it's on hbo max and like it's david byrne who's the front man of talking heads with this band uh ensemble of dancers and musicians who are like mostly immigrants just moving around the space and creating music together and there's something especially this movie coming out this year something so cathartic about seeing like who would have thought that a seeing shots of an audience on their feet in a theater having a good time would be like the most moving thing you'd see in a movie yeah like this year and like and this idea of like everybody being in the same space and banging on things and making music is just so amazing add to that the fact that it it has uh, the show was always about connection and how to connect with people it was about i I re-registered to vote in new york city at american utopia we're on the other side of this election now and then three quarters of the way through the show david byrne and the cast do a janelle monet song about um saying the names of of black people who have been killed by police and it's just this like it it was a wild movie to rewatch, having seen it in the theater and be like, whoa, this feels like yeah. a totally different thing. But it also is just so joyous and awesome. So I I went balls to the wall. I had it Love at number that. 10 because I was like, you know, maybe it's not a movie, but I was like, I don't put it at number one. Hey, if it's number and that's, one for you, it's number one. And that is escapist. That's escapist, that one. Yeah. Well, that's good. There but I'm sorry I razzed you for Trial of the Chicago 7. No, I'll it's okay. watch it. You'll probably like it. Listen, Kyle, we don't call you the Grinch on here because you're so nice about uh, movies that I like. We call you the Grinch on here because you don't like a lot of the movies that I like. Yeah. So... But it was good. We had a good talk about Tanet and a good talk about 
Well, we both like Mank and we like uh, yeah. Borat. I was just going to say about the Sinkies, I do think Chicago 7. I think Nomadland will be big players. I think oh, I'm thinking Sinkies. of ending things. And I think uh, Maria Bakalova is going to... Win a Sinky. Win a Sinky. There's yeah, no way. for sure. For That's, sure. Those are my Sinky takes. I think we'll make... We should make trophies this year and send them to them. We should mail them, yeah. See if they keep them. My voice is shot. How long did we go for? Two hours, baby. Okay. Kyle's Good. on multiple podcasts now. He's really busy. <laughs> Kyle, say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you all. And that's it. We are going to be coming back. We already updated our top tens. We have another episode for you. I will get it out to you this week. I heard it. I heard you in your mind say, really, Jimmy? Is it going to come out this week? It is. We have a few more episodes for you. Hopefully, they drop very soon, but definitely that one this week. And even before that, look out. We do have a 15 minutes or less podcast talking about an absolutely delicious film, Eurovision. And you can watch it right now on Netflix. No, I'm not hired by Netflix, but go watch it. Ironically, that's actually not true. I am hired by Netflix. I still get residuals. What's up, break with Michelle Wolf? Anyway, go watch Eurovision, and then you can be in on the wonderful Eurovision discussion. Look for it on the feed later this week. Stefan, hit him with those sweet, sweet tunes. (laughs) 